You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now you can get Locked On Mets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked on Mets. So it was another bad night for the Mets as they dropped the first game in this series with the San Diego Padres. It was their fourth consecutive loss and another in which they failed to score any runs. Going to talk about that game in the first half of the podcast. Later on, we'll get into the Mets' roster moves when it came to their pitching staff today. Also touch on Carlos Gomez, who is tearing it up right now in AAA for New York. But first, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find me on Twitter, check me out at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at SlickSports.com. That is Slick, S-L-I-C, Sports.com. So again, a bad night for the Mets as they lose, but Jacob DeGrom was on the mound, and he pitched really well in a pitcher's duel as the San Diego Padres featured rookie pitcher Chris Paddock. And Paddock really was impressive in tonight's game. This is a kid who has started off his career with plenty of success in his now seven big league starts. Tonight, it was seven and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball, allowed four hits against the Mets, only walked one, struck out 11, was throwing a lot of fastballs up in the strike zone, and the Mets just could not touch him as their offensive woes continue. He called out, Chris Paddock did, called out Pete Alonso prior to the game, saying that he was going to shut down the rookie of the month. Chris Paddock is going for Rookie of the Year, and he let it be known right now that he was going to be the superior rookie in this matchup. And frankly, he was striking out Pete Alonso two times in this game and getting him out in all three of their matchups. For the Mets, Jacob DeGrom matched Paddock very well. Seven innings pitched, only allowed two runs, gave up four hits, seven strikeouts, one walk. He did allow a home run. But DeGrom was great, and this was a game that it was like an hour in, and it was already like the sixth inning. The game just completely flew by. That's what happens when we have two pitchers going at it the way they were and two lineups really unable to produce. But the Padres were able to score the runs. The Mets continue to struggle to get anything going offensively. Not a single extra base hit. They are just lost up there. And it's really disheartening. You did not expect the Mets to struggle this much offensively as there have been so many additions to this lineup that looked to be panning out at the start of the year. Pete Alonso, Robinson Cano, Wilson Ramos, a lot of guys that were supposed to really help and stop the Mets forever getting into this type of an offensive skid. But maybe it's the uniforms, something in the water, whatever it is. The Mets just can't hit, and it's just a year-after-year problem with their lineup. So, last thing to get into, Justin Wilson did return from the IL and was the only other pitcher to go for the Mets. 
He did not fare well in his return, though, allowing three hits and two runs in his one inning pitched. Now, the Mets will have Noah Syndergaard on the mound tomorrow to try to be a stopper, but it's not really a situation where you kind of need a stopper because it's not the pitching that's been the problem. It's the offense. Syndergaard can do exactly what he did last time out, which was pitch a complete game shutout, and it doesn't even guarantee a win right now because the Mets can't score any runs. We'll see if they have more success tomorrow against Cal Quantrill, another rookie right-hander for the Padres. In his debut start, he allowed two runs over five and two-third innings pitched. This will be just his second big league start, which ideally would mean that you might be able to get to this kid, but the Mets in years past have kind of struggled when a rookie comes up that they haven't seen before. We'll see if that is the case as well with the 2019 Mets as that has been with some of the other Mets teams of the past. Anyway, when we get back from the break, again, going to touch on a couple of the roster moves that the Mets made today, including a trade for a new pitcher to add to this staff. Remember, though, to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked on Mets on the new Himalaya Podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Mets. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place to go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, you are back here with Locked On Mets, and as we said earlier, it is now time to talk about a plethora of pitching roster moves that occurred today, the most interesting of which was the fact that the Mets acquired a new pitcher by the name of Wilmer Font. Font was with the Tampa Bay Rays. He can be a swingman either coming out of the rotation or in the bullpen. This is a journeyman pitcher, 28 years old, who first made his Major League debut back in 2012. Now, last year was a very busy year for Font. He was passed around, traded twice after being designated for assignment, ultimately landed with the Rays, and he pitched really well in Tampa during his time there last year. He had a 1.67 ERA in 27 innings pitched. He made some slight mechanical tweaks to his delivery, and they paid dividends. But, unfortunately, he suffered a lat injury which ended his season and maybe ended that string of success. 
He did not pitch well in the spring. This year in 10 games, he had a 5.79 ERA. He was out of options, so the Rays decided that it was time to cut ties with him. They designated him for assignment. The Mets acquire Font for either cash considerations or a player to be named later. So they basically get this guy, you know, for for no cost really. You're just basically taking a shot on the guy. And look, he's got good stuff. Apparently, I mean, if you had the success he had with the one six seven ERA, and if you can get claimed by as many teams as this guy has. He clearly has stuff that impresses, but he hasn't had any great results in his major league career. So, I mean, he he does have a fastball that averages 94 miles an hour, you know, mid-90s. That's good. He's got a slider that's pretty decent that comes in about 83 miles an hour and a slower curveball at 75. So the question remains, can he, you know, be the guy who pitched that 167 ERA or be you know, the guy's been throughout the majority of his career, which is not good enough to stay at the major league level. You don't know. I, personally, when I saw this move, my gut reaction was this is a player kind of like a J.D. Davis or one of those guys that I think the Mets' new analytically driven front office is trying to identify someone who has plus value. They think that if you bring him into the system, give him an opportunity, and trust your development with your you know, good pitching coach in Dave Island and manager who has the background of a pitching coach in Mickey Calloway, maybe you can find something. Which I get that thought process, but I also get this one, which is what my reaction is, is that the Rays have arguably a much better and more established analytical department than the Mets have, and they're quitting on this guy. Now, they took a shot at him last year, so, you know, maybe it's just the circumstance of him not pitching well this season, but... Here they decided to basically cut ties with this guy. And I look at the Rays and I just have more faith in that front office's decision makers, I guess, at this point, or at least their talent evaluators. As you're looking at a team right now with the Rays that I think sitting at 21 and 12 or something like that, maybe 22 and 12, at the top of a tough AL East with a payroll sitting at $50 million as opposed to the other teams in their division, the Yankees and the Red Sox, who have payrolls of, you know, north of $150 million. So, so you know, maybe this guy works out. I don't know. I think it's really kind of a lottery ticket. You take a chance on the guy. It doesn't cost you anything. And he might be better than some of the other taxi squad guys that the Mets have been shuttling back and forth from AAA to the Major League. So maybe... That is the case. And speaking of taxi squad guys, the Mets have set down Tim Peterson and recalled Corey Oswalt as part of the series of roster moves. Jason Vargas was put on the IL today with a hamstring injury. Stephen Matz was not put on the IL as they checked out a nerve issue in his forearm. They said that was it. There was no structural concerns or anything of that nature. They gave him a cortisone shot. They did not put him on the IL as they're trying to leave the door for him to potentially get a start this upcoming weekend. Along with Corey Oswald being activated, Justin Wilson was also activated off of the IL. But as I mentioned in the first half, had a really rough first outing back off of the IL, giving up the two runs tonight. All that being said with the Mets pitching staff, it seems like they are at this point are content making small moves and hoping for the continual internal growth. We have seen the starting staff improve consistently over the last couple weeks. They expect that to, to continue. They do not believe these injuries to Steven Matz 
or even Jason Vargas are that severe, so they're hoping for continued improvement in the rotation, and then maybe someone like Font can catch fire, along with some of the other guys who have shown a modicum of success, like the Drew Gagnos, the Daniel Zamora, some of these guys. And they're going to try to spackle this pitching staff together, but the real problem as of late has remained to be the hitting and not getting any run production from this lineup. One thing that the Mets could potentially do to address those concerns would be to promote a guy like Carlos Gomez, who is currently tearing it up in AAA. It's a small sample size, but over his last eight games, Gomez is hitting 394 with a 417 on base percentage, 667 slugging percentage, three doubles, two home runs, and 10 RBIs. Now, Mets fans remember Carlos Gomez, of course, as a Mets farmhand years ago, the main piece that was traded back to the Minnesota Twins in the Johan Santana trade over a decade ago. Gomez would go on to eventually become an all-star with the Brewers. Had a good career early on. The Mets almost made a trade for Gomez back in 2014. Mets fans will, of course, remember the deal ended up falling through as the Mets did not like something that came across in Gomez's medical records. They ended up nixing the deal. There was all the drama around Wilmer Flores, who thought he was going to be traded, was not traded, then had the walk-off hit the next night. All that excitement in a World Series season, the Mets ended up getting Ioannis Cespedes instead, who proved to be a catalyst in getting to the World Series that year. So obviously the Mets kind of dodged a bullet at that time. And while Carlos Gomez has kind of fallen off a cliff from that 2014 season on, he still has shown some success and he is hot right now. And when you have a hitter in the Mets lineup who is struggling the way Brandon Nimmo is struggling, it might make sense to call up a guy like Gomez and try to catch lightning in a bottle for a few weeks. You know, Brandon Nimmo is not doing you any favors right now. He's gone hitless over his last seven starts. He's only drawn three walks during that span as well. So he's not even getting on base, which is what he thrives at. Juan Lagares and Keon Broxton, your other outfield options on the roster, have not been hitting well. So it would make sense at this point to maybe give this guy a shot. Problem is you have to add him to the 40-man roster. There's other things to think about, but it is something the Mets might be considering if Gomez can stay in this hot streak and if Brandon Nimmo continues to struggle. Anyway, that will be it for today's show. I am excited to announce again that I will be speaking with Tim Healy tomorrow, the Mets beat writer for Newsday. Going to talk with him about the addition of Wilmer Font, the demotion of Dominic Smith. A lot of things I'm going to get into with Tim Healy. Expect to start hearing pieces of that interview as soon as Wednesday this week. But thank you for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets.